Hello everyone, I am Marcibel and this is the Marcibel Podcast. Okay. Sorry. Well, actually, I started recording a while ago. Why? Why would you do that? Just because I don't want you to be very self-conscious. I'm Gucci. Gucci. Alright, first off, so here I am in New York. Um, I finished from here in this university. It's actually my first time visiting the Catholic Center and the guest house. And we're doing a podcast over edition. We, my fellow friend, my my bridesmaids, one of my bridesmaids, my um, fellow podcaster, Yvonne Edo Olotu. She hosts the Beautiful Mind podcast. I love that jingle, by the way. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, let's just unpack this baggage. So, Yvonne, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Sleepover thank you edition. Thank you for having me. The only you don't want your jam jams. I know. But it's fine. It's fine. At least I have it here. Um, Yvonne, by the way, for those listening, she's a very well-rounded person. She's a lawyer. Oh, you're yeah, hyping me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a lawyer. I need to finish this story, okay? Um, she got her um first degree. First degree. What do you guys call that? LB, LLB? LLB. LLB from the University of Ibadan, that other school. First and the best, oh, whatever. by the way. No, no, don't start that. This, you live here and you're like, okay, have some respect. Nah. Don't you have any shame anymore? Nah. Eh? Zip it in. Nah, nah, nah. Anyway, she finished from the University of Ibadan. And University of Ibadan, sorry, don't say Ibadan. Ibadan. And then she worked for a while and went to Cornell University, upstate New York. Go Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> she got her LLM and... And she made the move to move back to Nigeria. And I'm sure she's probably been asked this question many times. Why did you move back? You know, after spending so much time and money. And you worked briefly in the U.S., correct? Yes, I did. And then you moved back. I definitely know it's because, not because you love Nigeria. I love Nigeria. <laughs> well, are you very patriotic about Nigeria? I am. Mm, this Green, is like the podcast. <laughs> you wanted to see her face now. Yeah. So, everyone, um, tell us a little bit more about you. And um, also, Me? yeah, and then... What do you want to know about me? Oh okay. my goodness. So, <laughs> so I've known Taladin for, let's say, seven years plus. Oh, seven years? I think it's more than Okay, that. no, no, no. Eight years. I think eight years. 2010? Yeah, terrible. Yeah, 2010, eight years. Yeah. She, she warmed her way up to my heart and just... I mean, she had to. I didn't know you were an introvert. To farms. I didn't know you were an introvert. You yeah. deceived. I felt tricked into this relationship. I don't know. People. I guess I become an extrovert when I see people that. I'm yeah, yeah. I was tricked into the relationship. I felt like this is a fraud, fraudulent relationship. If we're to break up, I was. So much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's this girl? And how, how come she's so friendly? I'm not that friendly. You are. It was nice. You are. See her. And when she asked me to be her bridesmaid, I didn't even think twice. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. I think that was my first time of being a bridesmaid. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. You were yeah. very. What happened that day? You know, I didn't remember. I like, when you no, said it, I loved it. Yeah, but you had to when you said it now, I, was, I started feeling really angry towards you. Oh, you left, you walked away. I didn't remember. remember. I guess I was okay with it then. But that was it. Well, we wanted to love other things too, like music, remember? Yeah. 99 Red Balloons. Yeah. I know. From that movie. I was listening to the newer version. Nina? Who it was, yeah, yeah, and Tony had the older version. That was how we bonded, yeah, and because it was a very, very weird song, like you wouldn't find other people around us at that age that liked it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't sleep, and I found that weird because every every time I'll come to her cousin's room, yeah, she was in her cousin's room, wide awake, she was always wide awake, like it was creepy, like who's this new girl staying in someone else's room and was always awake at night, but nah, I didn't sleep, yeah, she was always writing long and stories on Facebook, yeah. 
Yeah, that time I think people used to have was it journals or stories? Yeah, notes. Yeah, notes. Were notes of yeah, they were notes of yeah. She always had long notes, and she quickly added me on Facebook. You know, at that point, when you just meet someone new, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I liked you the first time I saw you. Just... I don't know. I guess you just get attracted to someone's personality. Yeah, and you had that. Oh. workings of an extrovert like oh, i said I you you different i feel defrauded now because it's too late to, to back out of his relationship nah, i need me some repatriation yeah, check <laughs> but that's it that was how Tarani came into my life oh that's it and we became friends in there when i was in the u.s we didn't get to see each other but i don't think we ever saw each other you almost came to oklahoma not to come visit me right almost. And that's how she came yeah, to girl. Florida and she didn't say hi. Girl, you but really don't. <laughs> really I came for work. I was uh, been there for like care. five days. Because when she told me about it, she was like, oh, don't worry. If I'm in Atlanta, I'll give you a call. And then passed. Why didn't you call me back? Stuff. It was November, actually. It was during and the presidential election. Why did you call me? Introvert you. If she wants me to come, she let me know. I'm oh, really? <laughs> really don't? No. No. It wasn't that way. And so nice to see her after so many years. Yeah. That's it. That's it about me. Good. So, um, lawyer. Wow. Very smart. And doing your thing. Of course you are. And then you went to Cornell. You survived Cornell. You survived. Came I out, did. got a job. Go big right. Oh, can you just stop that already? Who came hands, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> so you moved back last year in August, right? Yes, I did. And I remember when you told me, my heart kind of sank a little bit. I, I don't know, know why. Telani was all emotional, like because I don't know. I felt like I, I, mean, I was like, okay, is that much to it? Like, come on. Oh my goodness, it's just a nasty no, girl. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I, I know. Okay, so the thing is, my time I was telling people I was moving back, I had gone through the whole emotions of moving back and thinking about. What we people say, how you gonna adjust? I've been applying to, and applying to so many jobs in Nigeria since like January of yeah. last year, yeah. and I was already thinking, okay, what's the next move? April is coming. If you know about the U.S. immigration system, you know April is when you file or I think H-1B or H-B-1. H-1B before yeah. April first, yeah. Yeah, before April first, and after that, you can only get non non-profit organizations to file work permit. Oh, they, they do the premium one. They do, yeah. yeah. So I tried all that and applied, applied. Uh, it was just, it was, it was just not forthcoming. And so I had to tell myself, okay, you have to come back to Nigeria. There were different options. You know, there are many options mm-hmm. or like a few sensible options. So go yeah. back to school, maybe to get another master's or a PhD. Just or, keep and the, the, the cycle or you of do schooling. <laughs> yeah, you just continue <laughs> the whole schooling just to stay back and increase your chances. And I just looked at it at. I attended a very expensive school and I I just thought, okay, maybe I'll come home. Maybe I'll come back to Nigeria and I'll work in Nigeria, that's it. But before that, best believe I went through the whole emotional process of just yeah. putting your life after two years. You know, you talk to your friends and your peers in Nigeria and they tell you and they ask you questions, why do you want to come back? Yeah. There's nothing here. You know, everybody yeah. wants to make it like, you know, the grass is green on your side. And I'm like, man, you're also going through stuff. Yeah. I remember the last few months before I moved here, I wasn't sleeping well. Yeah. I think I stopped talking by June. I woke up at night. You know, you're just worried. You're not here. You're not there. Mm. You're trying to think, okay, you don't want to mm. stay past. You don't want to stay past your, what now? Your, your visa status. Yeah. yeah, your visa status. You don't want it to expire. You just want to be, what now? Employed and staying. Be a part of something. Like you know? something yeah. yeah, that's it. So, I was really stressed about And as soon as I bought my ticket to come to Nigeria in July, I was just like, okay, I've done. You know, a bit more relaxed. Yeah. You're coming to your country. You have a passport. A green passport. Woohoo! Green passport. You know, you're coming back home. And I don't know. I just hope for the best. And at that point, I just said, I tried my best, really. 
yeah. this door is not open, then it's fine. Because mm. I know God had opened so many doors for me in the past. In the past. Mm. So if this is a struggle right now, it's oh. fine. So that's it. Good. So um, two years, that's quite a while. Because yeah. usually to tell you, you form habits in 44 to 46 days. I know. Um, two years of you know school and then working for a while and then moving back. What would you say was the hardest adjustment for you to make moving back to the to Nigeria after living oh, in Oh, moving back to Nigeria. And let's see. What, 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 what? Adjusting. I didn't have any struggle adjusting. Mm-hmm. And let me explain that. Before I came, yeah. I already prepared my mind. And I think this is an advice I'll give to anybody that's going to move back to Nigeria. Just tell yourself, okay, this is Nigeria I left two years ago. Things have changed. <clears throat> Imagine the craziest thing. Imagine how bad it is. No, you still experience so many shocks when you arrive, mm. things happening. But just tell yourself, okay, I'll prepare my mind. I'll come with an open mind. I'm not here to come and be complaining. I'm just freaking out. Because mm. you'll be freaking out internally, but you don't want to be that girl that we all like, oh, to do this now. Oh, this has happened. Yeah. Or this is happening, you know. But yeah, one thing that stressed me and was the driving. Imagine. Oh, my goodness. I had... I had I almost had a panic attack. I know I keep saying. Did it, you drive? No. You were just in the I car. I was driving, really. I was in the car with my mom and the I driver. I had a Xanax or two. And I was freaking out. I was like, okay, you know, there's no need to hurry like this. And my mom has become, that's the way we do it. <laughs> was that in Lagos or in Ondo? That was even on the way from um, Lagos to Ondo. I was really, I was like, there's no need to hurry. We're going to get there on time. It's okay. I was really, really freaked out. Like, because I didn't understand why. We had to drive the way we do in Nigeria. In the middle of the road, driving to like, I don't know, like almost like an obstacle course every time the car is on the road. Like, you have to like dodge on scene. My dad's driver was trying to take at, I think, a bend or, or somewhere where we couldn't see the And I was like, he's gonna kill us. I was really freaking out. <laughs> and my mom couldn't understand. And she knew that. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm dramatic, but not this dramatic. But for me to look like I couldn't sleep. And normally, you know, the way you just doze in the, no, in the car not, on the ride. I had to stay awake and I was looking like he. he. I was about to fling up. Like four cars can fit in a tiny road and not, you know, you know. Maneuver like that, you struggle. I don't know how to do it. I guess it's an art, a skill. I feel like I, I had it before I moved away from you. You probably would. Have. I refuse to drive. Like now that I moved back, well, I'm not like permanently but back. Not, but my the days that no, like I even had to. I was supposed to drop my sister in law off at the airport, mm-hmm. and she. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send an Uber to come pick you up. No, to come take you, you to the airport. You really I refuse to drive. Before I traveled, I knew the road rage was was real. I think it's more of a Lagos thing, right? Yeah, but even in other places, Ibadan. Let me know that's pronounced. You guys calm down now. Why are you hurting? Because you guys abuse yourselves a lot. You don't really fight. You don't just fight be calling well. insults at yeah, each other. Yeah, Lagos is wild. Yeah. So, yeah, back to your question. You're asking me what. So, the, the traffic was one of the hardest things you had to do. Yeah, the traffic, mm. the driving, and what else? And realizing that you had changed, a part of you had changed. Mm. That's it's interesting because I didn't mm. think maybe I did. I mean, I was fine. I was in touch with my friends in Nigeria, my family members. I had family members, Nigerian classmates. I cooked Nigerian meals. Like I was fine. Mm. But you realize that when you live in a place, and this is not about the US, yeah. but even if you live somewhere different, a part of you changes. It you, does. You you are exposed to a different kind of living yeah. and if you like that you just wonder why is this one not adding up something's not adding up yeah. why is it not like this why is it so different, different. i mean this one didn't stress me so much i i generally don't like stress mm-hmm. as Tom said earlier i'm an introvert <laughs> and so i don't mind like just living in a quiet space and her churches just hide back into your shell like that's my life and then i got to own <laughs> i got to undo 
and at 12 midnight I was here in the church they were having vigil and they were drumming and I couldn't sleep and I was wondering why why are you drumming and my parents <laughs> like oh we slept like a baby though we're used to it we have church was that by your house right house. what Right by your house, right? Yeah, right by my house. We're surrounded by churches. Yeah. 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 So uh, that time I just had to tell myself, okay, Yvonne, you're not used to this. I'm going to question me. Why? Mine was a generator, actually. Like, I felt like just I'm going to the house it. next door. But like, hey, can you guys turn it down? But then, you like, seriously, though, like, who does that? But that was my first instinct, like, to just say, hey, that's too loud. Can you guys turn it down? But they need to pull out the gen so they can use the life or whatever they're using it for. Girl, is even the horning? And the oh, yeah. that's Almost as if people Even just drive with one hand and then they're driving with the other hand. Like, put your head on the horn and then Everyone drive with I go to hand. work and I hear so many guys horning. I reflect and I say, why? Everybody just starts. It's like, you have to do it. Maybe the driver is deaf. Yeah. Even if he's deaf, this one is going to wake the person up. You were saying earlier on that the first time you heard somebody um use a horn. Okay. In, in, okay so, so, me, feel like, whoa, excitement. And someone honked at me. I was like, whoa, what excitement. Like, I remember smiling sheepishly, driving away. <laughs> I had to, okay, what so an honor to be hung there! I was in a small town, Ithaca, New York, and I took the bus to school every day. Well, majority of us took the bus to school. It's a small town. Anyways, and the bus would stop, you won't hear any horn, nobody pressed the horn for anything. <laughs> the first day I heard the horn, I was, I was shocked. I had to turn around and it felt like, oh, I heard a horn! <laughs> Is this for me? I don't know. I guess yeah. you just adjust to Nigeria. Really. So there's one thing you could bring from the US along that line. If there was one thing you could bring back from the US, and I think the, the cheap data, the internet. Oh really? It stressed me out. Not just cheap, but fast. I think is fast. that what you mean? Yeah, I mean fast, cheap. Like you pay a lot everywhere. here, but you don't get value for your money. Yeah, that's it. It's expensive. Yeah. I I was paying so much when I got back because I was using Glow, and if you know Glow, you know what it stands for. Um, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it stands for really bad network. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> really? The worst is right here. Really? So I can buy it. I think it was the best at one time. Oh, girl. At one time. Well, uh, no, it's very shot. cheap. Yeah, it was cheap. It gives you like 25 gig. Now it doesn't anymore. I was using it in like a week, two weeks. Because I, I got so used to streaming things, of watching YouTube on my phone, Netflix on my laptop. Actually, I'm on Instagram every two minutes. Yeah. I tell them, like, okay, well, see, you're paying for this. I know, right? <laughs> it's not cheap. I used 15 gig of data in a week. Because I just left it on permanently. I wasn't even trying to say, oh, let it. I just because that's how you do it back in the US. You pay a flat fee and you could do it that's unlimited. It. With your people yeah. and you're fine. So yeah, mm. I just that. So um, I know long like you're an introvert, right? Mm. And here is kind of unlike in the US where you have to like be very intentional about your social circle, <laughs> plant dates. Um, I'm worried for you in a bit because your introvertish lifestyle plus your returning issues. What ways are you trying to have like a support group or even like um, a social? Like how are you building your social network? Given that you've been away for two years and you probably some of your old friends probably moved away. You're not living in a city where you schooled. You're not living in a city where your parents' house is based in. How's it been for you moving to Lagos and starting life back in Lagos? Okay, so I kept in touch with a lot of my friends living in Lagos, mm-hmm. and even though a few have moved to different countries, I'm still very much in touch with them and. I'm fine. I have friends in different places. That mm-hmm. and I make friends. Even though I said I'm not friendly. Maybe an ambivalent. Like one or two one. friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have my family members, and I know at times I think I can ex- expand my social network mm-hmm. and work hard. But then there's so many things that work against it. I don't work at night. I don't like hanging out in weird places. But I'm trying to join like a book club or stuff like that. <laughs> but I have my friends. Friends from uni. Friends from work. 
I kept in touch with like my old colleagues or my previous um, yeah my yeah. old colleagues yeah yeah so yeah I have a few friends here and there and I'm fine with that okay yeah. and are you gonna join any social groups say yeah I said a Toastmasters Oh, see, I read Tolan. <laughs> I know Tolan is um, very involved in in Toastmasters, and yeah. I saw one of your comments on Facebook. You telling Tolan about Toastmasters in Nigeria. Yeah. I quickly checked, but everything was like they meet during the day when people are working. <laughs> but they have some on the weekends though. Then they meet like maybe once a once a month. I really would like to join that. Yeah. No, seriously, they have they have not just ones on the weekdays. Improve my public speaking. Yeah. Leadership skills. Yeah. Public, public speaking. Communication, assertiveness, leadership qualities. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about. It. I really will. Okay. Try. I'll, I'll follow up with you on that. So for you, you moved back because you just went to. I mean, you didn't want to break the rule and yeah. you wanted to just do things right. You know, I didn't like America. I know. I know. Life is very comfortable there to a degree, I think. Um, why do you think most people don't want to come back home? Ah, man, there are many ways. For instance, the insecurity in the country, yeah. the lack of jobs, mm-hmm. the what now? Adjusting to the lack of infrastructure. Oh, I wouldn't say lack, I would say what now? Limited. Limited infrastructure and the fear of just adjusting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you're suddenly so used to having things at your fingertips, all these amenities. Life is so much easier. And sometimes you you don't think you'll be able to adjust. Yeah. I I know a lot of friends that in their minds are just like they can't they can't imagine can't they back. can't start. No yeah. matter what happens, yeah. if they have to read all the possible books in America, they will. If they have to do something, they just can't see it. Yeah. And I just had to tell myself, well, I don't know, I'll be fine really. I think if you just keep your mind open and tell yourself you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced a very traumatic incident, and after it, I was just like, okay, boy. Maybe we could have worked harder to stay back in the US or something because I know this wouldn't have happened and all, but I'm just trying to stop myself. Well, there are many people living here, you know. Our parents didn't live elsewhere, we're brought up here, and it's fine, yeah. It's fine. But I think it's just the fear generally, and a lot of times, and when you call family members or even hear the news, it's bad, it's almost like you hear sad reports, yeah. Every day, something bad is happening happened. in another part of Nigeria yeah. or. There's a kidnapping or... I think as a whole, after a while, we kind of become very... I know. It's like we're living in Afghanistan. You know, know, growing up... I'm sorry. And Nigerians that leave are just so afraid. And they really just believe they can make it elsewhere. And life should not be that hard. And that's the truth. Life shouldn't be that hard in Nigeria. Because it's tough. You, you, You work really hard and you go through different things. But if you just tell yourself... You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And pack your bags and come home. But if you have an opportunity, don't come back home because you're missing food. Or okay. Speaking, speaking of, I think another thing we have in common is Korean drama. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. Know. I, I don't know how I knew you like Korean drama. I think it was, I think it was, I, I know my, I remember, at least my freak you out. It was the days of Blackberry. Okay. You had put up a DP. Okay. You did a screenshot. Okay. Limit hole. Yeah. And then you had, oh, uh, where is, I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I read? I was like, I started singing that song. I'm like, I bought you like yeah, pink, like a, everyone. I, 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 there's a, I think that time you could like click on the DP, the yeah, split yeah, picture, okay. and then you you kind of make a comment. And I was like, Yvonne, do you watch Korean dramas too? And I was like, I was like, good, because I didn't have somebody to talk to. And then many dramas later, we 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 still. Tony is the only one I asked for recommendations on Korean movies. 
Have I failed you in any way? No. Good. Well, just I never completed Kill Me, Heal Me. You have to do Kill Me, Heal Me. It was just too traumatic and I don't know. It's not, well, it, it, but it, 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 I, but that's, that's, that's related to people's lives. People with dissociative identity disorders. It could be more than, it could be more than that. Yeah, it's a real it, thing. And then you told me you shed tears. And I was telling you you shed tears. Why am I watching it? No, I cry easily. My husband would tell you, yeah, I cry, I'm, I, I cry, cry easily. See oh no! You just I, no, I cry easily. So don't be moved by my tears. Like Girl. things just I cry easily. I cry easily. You, you won't believe that. Like oh if God. I if there's something stubby going around me, my husband just has to look at me. He knows I'm crying. But like, and that's he shakes like my his family. head. Oh he my shakes God. his head. My sister, my mom. I cry easily. Like you have no idea what makes me cry. <laughs> Tonani, you can't just say something and my eyes already well up. Me too. I'm watching a YouTube video and I'm so. Me too. Even ads. Girl. So don't use me as a gold standard for crying. Because, girl, like, I just turn on I the water box. No, like, I mean. I'm so shy crying around people because they're like, oh, Yvonne is already crying. I'm like, can you let me shine? I, just I, think, I think for me, why I like Kill Me, Heal Me is usually don't have a lot of dramas because I'm into mental health. That's one of the things I'm also passionate mm-hmm. about. You don't have a lot of dramas depicting, you know, just because it's very hard to number one depict mental health issues, you know, to be sensitive enough to cover all the things, to educate the public. So having to come at, you know, mental health on those several angles, I sometimes paint it in a very realistic way without trying to water it down, like showing the struggles, the triumph, and, you know, the impact of social support, the impact of, you know, just striving to be a better version of yourself. And then someone with a um, split personality disorder or dissociative identity disorder as as usually called you find that character and you're like wow and the way jisong what's his name i call him jisong oppa i love that movie I know. but really i recommend it's okay that's love that's like uh yeah join song and then congregation and then kill me heal me you have to finish kill me heal me i won an award for those seven distinct personalities you know that when for example um the girl oh when the girlish character came out, you could tell it distinctly because the way his face just changed. Like he played those seven characters, he was into character all the time. I mean, I love I love Korean dramas because I when I tell people that, it's made me it made me a better person. They're like, oh, that sounds so cheesy. I feel like if you have like traditional beliefs in the sense of you know family, national pride, and friendship, those kind of traditional core beliefs, you love Korean dramas because that's what it's about. And of course, food, which you know I'm really passionate about. But then at times it can be very slow at the beginning. Slow and. You have to be patient. You have to be patient. But I've learned a lot about the Korean culture by just you know. So when I mean when I do meet my Korean friends and I say things like, how did you know? Like, ah, duh. Korean dramas. Reminds me of Nigerian culture. It does. And then my post that I shared about it, like there's so much like for the elderly ones, um, that cohesiveness of family, that um, they're quite conservative. I mean, do you know how long it takes? Like if you have a 16th episode, the kids maybe are the ninth, and then like the 15th episode, and then girl, even holding everything is like hyper. Even holding hands, like you just have babies together. You know how we grew up and say if you touch a boy's hands, you have kids. Yeah, it's like Korean drama. So you have to be patient. Like when are they gonna kiss? Like when are they gonna kiss? And And the kiss stuff. And then the girl opens her eyes like Bambi. And she's like, put it, never trust the person, by the way. Never trust the person that kisses you with your eyes open. Yeah, and you see that. <laughs> no, really, really. That's <laughs> what happened. Yeah, yeah. So never trust someone that kisses their eye open. But I feel like as a whole, it's, it's very wholesome. You know, it's about one of the few journey of dramas that you can watch with your family or kids. They, they, they drag some they do. out of storyline. They do. They probably condense some to like halfway. I know. And if it's going to be a love drama, 
why don't you let the love start from maybe like the eighth episode? Oh no, it's gonna be sixteen. But no, they wait till like the fourteenth when you're getting to. And then something happens. Maybe they they is and then for some people that can't really see very well in dramas because sometimes they'll cross the road and the white truck of death like hits them. They sure have like very extraordinary hearing skills. They can hear like ten miles away. <laughs> it's dropping. I'm like my goodness, why? you know. Why? And it's always that thing that's. I, I think there's a word for it. There's something that splits them up once they when they're gotten together. Maybe the yes. family is not. Like, and I wonder here if we go like again. Is a mute, they call him Yutang, like you know, push and pull. Like, mm-hmm. he guy likes you, like him back, but then you yeah, know. must be oh, and that maybe that's why I liked it. <coughs> it's okay, that's love. That was, and that, that was, was like I mean, that, that guy, was, that and just the way he was even to the girl. I mean, even though it's like mean in a way, because <laughs> I don't know why I liked it because it's mean. Like, I liked him, it was like a no nonsense guy. So, how many times have you watched It's Okay, That's Love? And girl, three times, maybe like three times. Girl, they had it on Netflix, I watched that twice, and I watched I it on Vicky. It on yeah, okay. I watched you, it on days, and I feel like. I, I just I like I like him. He's, he's, and the, the lady that Kongyo Jin, she's one of my favorite ones. Like she's yeah, she's really good. She's good. She's she's really she's, good. she's, and she's natural. You know she doesn't force it. Doctor. Yeah, and I had the patient. Yeah, the patient. Yeah. And then yeah, the ta- the tall guy. Yeah, the calling the giraffe. The tall guy. He know he he hosts like a, a show. Like he's one of the hosts of a show called Running Man. It's been running for so long. Wow. No. You need to go on Netflix. I don't know if you have Netflix. You need to go watch Sound of My Heart. No, you need to watch Sound of My Heart. Okay. Let me tell you how bad it was. So on Netflix, you can do offline downloads, which I did. Mm-hmm. And I was traveling from New Mexico to Oklahoma City. So I downloaded about four episodes to watch on my way. And I had this horrible nasal infection that was just clearing because it was it was like a, after dealing with a bottle of horrible flu that I got from New York. So you can imagine how horrible it was. And so I, I was I got in, I checked in. It was Southwest. You know, you could choose your seat. So I, so I was like sitting by the window just to see stuff. And there was there were two guys, there were two people sitting beside me. And usually, you know, when you're in the plane, you're like sitting down, you're observing all kind of decorum. You don't want to like bump into the person beside you. Because in America, people don't like touching each other. So you kind of get used to it. Girl, I started watching this. When we were like at that 10,000 feet altitude where you could use your phone. Girl, I was convulsing like a mad person. Like the, the way I was laughing. Oh my god, I was just joking a lot. Like I couldn't stop laughing. Like, you know when you stop laughing, you stop pro- you stop producing wow. a sound yeah, in your voice, and you're like you're just there like laughing. And then the guy beside me, I kept just wondering, what's wrong with this person? And I kept jabbing because I couldn't control it. Really? I like self-deprecating um, comedies, comedies, like Corbin yeah. enthusiasm. Like things are just looks at our human relations, and then they make like they make f- they poke fun at it, just how like our awkwardness. And that's one of the things they did very well. And even if you don't know so much about Asian culture or Korean culture as a word specifically, this is a good way to start. Sound of my heart. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Yeah, so we've talked about returning. Good. Yeah, returning from now you work for a private firm. Are you enjoying it? No, not for a private firm. I work for a company. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Enjoying it. Do you have good mentors? I don't. Mm, are you going to find someone? I have just one mentor. Just one? That's just, just one. That's something there. Yeah, but... Are they very well invested in your progress? It's my auntie. She's very busy. She is, actually. Yeah, uh, just is she a lawyer, too? I mean, what work? There's someone that can guide you through the ropes of work. No, I don't have a work mentor. Mm. Don't. don't you have like people that you can look up to, that like, you can talk to? It's true, I really don't. Like and my friends now. <laughs> At your place of work, there's nobody to like look for. That's my boss. Mm. Yeah. Why would you want to Just that one boss. Yeah. It's awkward to have your boss. Yeah, the company secretary is the boss of a legal department in a company. It's kind of weird to have your boss as your mentor because like. I know, like you wanna, you wanna you like, monitor your progress yeah. and also try to see yeah, it's like uh, conflict of interest. Yeah, it is, and as a lawyer, I probably know that better than we do. Yep. 
Okay. Okay. So mental. I'll think yeah. about that. That's a good. Be good. So you can, yeah, you have your your aunt that can help you. I think for yeah, your career. Yeah, my aunt is really good. Try for like better opportunities and someone that can also sponsor you. You know, you know the difference between a mentor and a sponsor, right? Okay, I know I saw you talking about that. Yeah. Somewhere on Facebook. Uh huh. I said I was gonna ask you about. Yeah. That. Yeah. So here's here's my experience, and I'm always anytime I do this, I always go back to the post by the founder of um, Landit, and this is what she said. She said. Even though mentors are very important, women as a whole, especially women of color, which I hate that word, they've been we've been over mentored and under sponsored. So it's almost like we're not having that balanced diet. And how do you differentiate between a mentor and a sponsor? Here's why: a mentor is somebody that you consult frequently for advice, which you currently have, but a sponsor is someone who's your brand magnifier. She talks you up and puts you in the room as a connector, so you know where you have to be and where you are right now, and they help you make that link. Yeah. So if you end up using your mentor for a spo- as a sponsor, you might not get the best out of them. And that's frustrating for you and them. A sponsor is really someone in place of power. That's like the only difference between, like the subtle difference between a mentor and a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Your peers can mentor you. Your juniors can mentor in certain areas. But a sponsor usually has that higher, like a, the, author- the, the relationship between you is a, a little bit of a higher level. Mm-hmm. They've seen ahead of you. Okay. So you just seen those people in the place of authority or people that are ahead of you in your career. So that's a sponsor. And I feel like when I got that, like the moment I first time I heard it, I was like, wow, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I know in America, the African American community, I was looking for somebody just to link them to yeah. open the door, leave yeah. the door open for new people. Yeah. You may have mentors, but mentors might not connect you. They might not connect you. They might not connect you. Yeah, you need that. You need that. You also need um, a point expert, someone that has a, that wealth of knowledge in your field. And shares it with you freely. And then finally, you need a close friend. Someone that you can just ugly cry. Don't I have close friends? Yeah, but That's like really close friends that understand your work. That if you're frustrated, if you're crying about something, they understand that this is why you're crying. But even if you don't find that yet, but that sponsorship is very, very important. Okay. And so when I heard it, when I started the first, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Because everybody, we, there's always that person that mentors us, you know. And you know how mentors are formed. It's not very, sometimes it's not very straightforward. Like, hey, would you like to be my mentor? Hey. You know, sometimes it's just. I don't know. I think because of my background, mm-hmm. my auntie is. Uh, let me see. When I say I've never lacked uh, advice, men- yeah, advice or mentors around. It's always like I always have people that point so much into me. I'm always struggling to live up to to what now? Yeah. To meet their different expectations or yeah. just do so much, you know. Yeah. So I've never had a lack of mentors. I'm the one that chooses to. Is that run away from this person too much? Yeah. Just, this person, oh yeah, it's getting overwhelming. Know that. Yeah. Um, and I kind of shy away from people stressing my life. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel Nigerian mentors will be like normal Nigerian parents. They almost want to live their lives through yours. So it's almost like, oh, you're telling you what to do just because you never fulfilled that. I had, I think I had that opinion growing up. So yeah. I shied away from a lot of mentors. Maybe because I had I had a lot of family members. My mom is this, a counselor here. People always look up to her for this. My yeah. parents do into counseling and they do a lot for other people. So it's like, oh, you already have ready made mentors. Uh. You have aunties and uncles. You already have that. So I never sought out any other person outside, maybe like a lecturer or this one. Yeah. But I know I really liked my my two of my other professors. And thinking about this, maybe I can reach out to one of them. Yeah. I don't think you should think of it as oh, I'm gonna do this, even though I think that there might be like people that want to live their life right now. So you me, if you go with that kind of attitude, guess what? You're gonna find people like that. No, 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 no. I just I don't know. It's 
Okay. Yeah, just try it. Like, there's so much more that you stand to gain if you don't put yourself out there. It's it's also that part of you putting being more vulnerable. You have like a weekly check-in or It depends on you. Like, I have I have mentors that do different things. I have mentors that if I want feedback on a particular project, I could call them and ask them about. I have mentors that if I wanted to apply for a scholarship or for a grant, I could you know talk to them. I have mentors that I can talk about my personal stuff with. I have mentors that, you know, you have mentors for different things. Kind of like having friends in different areas of codes. Okay. You know, so you have mentors for different things. Just know, like, to have an effective mentor, you have to learn how to use that time wisely. Okay. You know, if people, whatever people can offer, you just take it. You have people that are not very good at certain things. They're not very emotional, for example. So they won't, they won't want to hear you cry about stuff. Then you will carry your bag and just go to the next person. Okay. Because this is, even though it's a two-way relationship, because they get something from you, but you... You you get more from them than they get from you. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works. Right. So that's what a mentor does. And probably the chance that you're already mentoring someone, but you don't think that's called mentorship. And sometimes it's not as straightforward as we do like to be my mentor. Or like a dating relationship where you have to like ask for consent. Okay. Sometimes mentors are not very formalized. Okay. Yeah, I bet there are people that if you had a problem at work, you could call right away. Even though they didn't weren't part of your work, but like maybe in a legal legal field. Mm-hmm. So those could be your mentors, but oh, okay, that's true. Thank you. Yeah, that. yeah, that's it. Just, just the title, I think. I think that's it. It's kind of like playing taboo. You don't want to say the buzzword, yeah, like, but you know, you know. So that's why I say you probably well, have mentors. Have mentors like, I know, like, like, ooh, 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 like ooh, I can't do anything commitment issues, and then people, I try those yeah. that have commitment issues. Like, 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 no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you said that, I'm not gonna take the words from you. This is it. This is my mentor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I do have yeah. So there you go. And um, I'm working on the sponsors. What can we? But oh, those ones you have to like build, expand your network. Yeah, that's enough. You have to expand your network. And I, I, I mean, finding one is very difficult, mm. especially if you don't properly position yourself. Unlike a mentor, they don't fall in your lap. A sponsor sees something in you and they want to tap into that. That's the difference. A mentor can just, you know, give you that time. But a sponsor has to have, like, that deliberate interest in you. But how do you make somebody catch your attention? You probably have to have done some of it. So being more diligent at work, I don't know what you're... For me, attending conferences, presenting my work, publishing articles, and just staying relevant in my field, you know, doing health economics and outcomes research. And so when, like, and the way I say a sponsor has to approach you in a way. Then they'll come and meet you and talk to you. Like, if you were to approach them, the the, the feedback you get is even more than the, the initial activation you did. Okay. So a sponsor is more deliberate because they have the power, they have the time, they have the money. Yeah, so they have to, they're going all, all out for you. It's almost, almost uncomfortable because they're like, man, this person is doing so much for me. What do I give them in return? I so I was able to identify one sponsor and it took like almost five, actually six years of my work. I'd been working with them for a while, but, and I realized that, you know what, they're in the position of power. So I just sent them one email after I started my job. Like, I'm frustrated. I need help with grants i need the help and she's like let's have a meeting and now i i meet with her like every month over the phone okay. and you have no idea like just i think i had to prove my intent i didn't even know i had to do that knowingly but i think she saw that i was i was yeah, consistent yeah. and you know i was i was someone that if i wanted to do something i'll go do it i was very um i was good at what i was doing i'm still good at what i'm doing and I, I've tried to be, you know, relevant in my field through publications, dissemination of information. So I think she saw that and she tapped into that. So that's what the sponsor does for you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't put yourself out there, maybe networking, meeting with people, yeah. through your clients, through, I don't know if you guys have like lawyer happy hours or things like that. Yeah, attending conferences. Yeah, you have those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's, I'm done with all my questions for you, Yvonne. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Any final thoughts? I, I'm really, I mean, I'm happy to see you in Nigeria. Very happy to have you back. Yeah, well, I'll we'll be come back. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll be, be away for another seven years. <laughs> so when you're asleep, come through. Come through. 
come around. Spend I'll be back. I'll be back by the end of the year. I don't think yeah. I'm gonna spend Christmas, even though I miss Nigerian Christmas. Do you? I do. I miss the exuberance. I miss the banger. But how do you guys don't do bangers anymore? Like the fireworks. See, I, I think I'm just still latching onto a part you of my are, childhood. You are like I think so. <laughs> I'm frozen in time. You can okay, tell, right, guys? I know you've not been here with me throughout the whole day, but I'm telling Tolani. I remember when she left Nigeria. That was some seven years ago. Tolani read so many notes and poems about Lagos. And she missed Nigeria fondly, you know. And she always had to talk about her childhood, and she held on to so many memories. Yeah. Before she came out to let her not see it. I wonder if my advice was good. Like, was it? I think someone was. Yeah, it was timely. I, I think you're like, you, I think you're, I remember just saying, Yeah, and just calm down because if you come with so many expectations, you want this, you want to see that. You try bursting my bubble. Yeah, then... it's better. It's better when you come and be like, Oh, Nigeria blew my mind, that's fine. But when you come with expectations and your expectations are conscious, man. Well, thanks for, thanks for, thanks for the heads up, right? thanks for the heads up, yeah, girl. I thank like you. Like, I'll be a bad friend, but I will tell you this. Yeah, thanks for the heads up. Considering you've been away for seven years. I was just away for two years. So I, didn't I guess I was too, years. I was too eager about it. Yeah, yeah I was too and, eager about it. Okay. It wasn't bad. You know, a lot has changed. Like you said, a lot has changed. So for those moving back, a lot has changed. You have to just disabuse your mind of the Nigerian you knew before. People have changed. You've changed. They've changed as well. And just, for me, I think... Some things are better... Yeah, but it's very, it's not catching up to the rest of the world. That's my frustration. But you can't live here and be frustrated because there's enough frustration already. So don't make your frustrations here. Just, I think my one was just lowering the bar, like lower the bar so much so that you don't, you don't. Nigerians go to other places and excel so well. Because we have that resilient spirit. We do. If you can survive here, you can survive anywhere. Anywhere, really. Anywhere, literally. Yeah, so it's been nice having you on the podcast, Yvonne. Really, really nice and um, excited for you for your future. And I know you're gonna go out there and go get yourself a mentor slash a sponsor. Yeah. And yeah, good girl. And thank you for having me. No, thanks for inviting me over. This is a sleepover. This is like a podcast version. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Your podcast and... sisters. Oh wait, we're supposed to do like a... podcast. <laughs> By the way, this is a scripted show. We don't have any agenda. We're just that scripted. This is unscripted, rather. Sorry, we don't have any. No, you're just winging it, just having a conversation. Uh, I feel like I should do more things like this in a way. This is hard. Make a wrap up by your day. You don't have to now do that. that was an easier no, one. I can't do it. You don't think I'm capable? There you go. Sorry, I wasn't. How how I'm dare I? <laughs> how do you want to do? You want to allow me the some Eminem? Whatever floats you, put girl. Whatever floats you, put girl. You want some J Cole, girl. Okay, see, this is hard. Let's see, what did I learn today? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I learned that I can do anything if I put my mind to it. Where did you learn that from? <laughs> you didn't know that before. <laughs> no, for real, though. I learned that. If you put your back into everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put your back. <laughs> I need the boogie, the green back boogie. <laughs> put your back in. Prince, you're one of those Joseph Prince people. I like it. That's my my daily devotional, and I I am just curious to see what life is like in Singapore. You know, they talk about their 
infrastructure their life there is really good they have like one of the best best hotels oh, the hotel the, the airport the airport is pretty oh good. my goodness and also they are rented for like the cleanest do you know what? You can't, you can't like chew gum there. Okay. Chew gum is actually bad in Singapore. Like the president, I think he hated it. Like, house is pretty really expensive, but their life there yeah. is really nice. And I'm just, I just want to travel, take pictures, go around Singapore, and eat some Singaporean noodles. Singapore noodles. Oh, good. Have fun, girl. Oh, so that was the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Oh, just one. Just one question. Just one question. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and I can't wait to be. Back to your podcast. Probably. Back in the US. <laughs> I, wonder when that, I wonder when that will be. <laughs> Don't worry. Have faith, girl. This has been fun, Thank you so much. Girls and mom love Jesus and every tune. She's a good Girl, girls, a home of broken hearts, and I'm